There's never been a better time to be alive. And whatever the metrics you choose, the world is on its all-time high. So why living seems sometimes so hard? Here I ask people in the forefront of building the future their reasons to be optimistic and the challenges they see ahead. I'm Mauro Rebelo, biotech scientist and entrepreneur, and this is the All-Time High Podcast. Venkat Sridhar is a Wharton Business School graduate who left the tech industry to become the CEO of Akshaya Patra, the largest midday meal program in the world, feeding 1.8 million children every day. In this episode, we talk about things that people need and greed, the challenges of ground-level implementation at scale, and how to bring business and compassion together. I really enjoyed talking to Shridhar, and I hope you will enjoy the conversation too. Okay, Shridhar, thank you so much for doing this. Um, let me start asking you where you were born, where you live right now, and maybe some story that connects those two places, even if they are the same. Yeah. So, uh, Mauro, thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. I come from a, a second-tier city uh, in India, uh, known as Nagpur, born and brought up there. I had a great childhood. I come from a middle-class background. A uh, lot of uh, fun I had by growing up. And uh, now I live in Bangalore, which is the Silicon Valley of East, So it's a large city in India and uh, looking forward to good things in life and spreading happiness around. Wow, that's a great purpose. Shridhar, um, what's, how do you see, so I'm going to ask you a second question, which is kind of out of the script, also related to your, uh, your background. I know that you used to work in tech and now you work in an NGO. So maybe let us know a little bit about this, how it's to, to move from the corporate, this transition from the corporative world to the um, non-governmental non uh, non organization world. So Mauro, uh, I shift, made this shift at the peak of my corporate career. I was 36 then, and uh, I was uh, leading an organization. And I always believed if you want to solve a problem, you have to solve it scale, especially in a country like India or maybe Brazil or any large country, uh, you have to solve a problem with scale, right? Otherwise, many of them remain as ideas. Uh, they don't scale up. They remain as pilots. So... Uh, I always had fascination for providing access to fundamental needs uh, for the deserving sections of society, especially children. And when I got this opportunity with Akshay Patra, where I currently work, uh, I, I decided to you know, make this move. In fact, the founder of Akshay Patra one day called me and he said, uh, Sridhar, at the time I was uh, volunteering with them. And uh, 
He said, Sridhar, why are we building empires for others, built for these children who are future of this nation? So that was like a calling for me. And I made this switch. And let me tell you, Mauro, it has been a fantastic decision which I have taken. When I look back, uh, it has given me immense satisfaction and happiness when you see children from very poor background breaking the cycle of poverty and hunger in the very same generation. It is said that uh, it takes 45 years without any intervention to bring out a child or a person in abject poverty to a middle class income background. We are trying to do that within one generation in Akshayapatra. And I've seen thousands of students who have done extremely well uh, because of this initiative where we feed uh, uh, children com coming from uh, the bottom of the pyramid. Our vision is no child in India will be deprived of education because of hunger. So, uh, and what after you, you asked me this question, how has been the shift? The shift has been phenomenal. Uh, we are about 6,000 people in Akshayapatra. We work pretty much like a corporate. So if you have the, if, if I were to tell, describe Akshayapatra to you as a person, it will be a person whose mind is of a corporate and heart of a compassionate not-for-profit. So, so, so we do bring a lot of concepts that are there in corporates when it comes to efficiency, effectiveness, etc. Uh, in a not-for-profit world, and that's what makes Akshay Patra unique. And uh, so it's a very interesting blend of corporate and not-for-profit thinking. And uh, so far, by, we have been you know, successful. But I would say a long journey for me to go. We scaled up from 1,500 children every day to 1.8 million children every day. It is the world's largest school meal program to ever a not-for-profit. Those numbers are very impressive, uh, Shridhar. I will go back to some of the points that you raised in this uh, more towards the end of our conversation. Uh, but le le let me get one, one thing that you said, even in, in the first question, and we were saying, like, um, hoping for, uh, you said that you are hoping for good things to come. So I'll take from this statement that. You are an optimist, and um, from this, and please let me know if I'm right, and let me uh, let us know also um, how do you see the world? Do you think it's getting better or it's getting worse? Are you optimist uh, or or pessimist about our present and our future? So I'm a born optimist, Moro, and uh, I continue to be very optimistic about the world. Okay, there are certain areas where we have not done well, uh, but that doesn't mean uh, we can't change. For example, if you look at climate crisis, uh, we haven't done well as world as a whole. Uh, there are certain areas where we have done well. Uh, if you ask me access to food, access to fundamental things uh, in, the, in the world, uh, if you ask me where, while there are a lot of efforts that have gone in, I think still a uh, lot of things needs to be done. If, if So while I'm an optimist, let me also tell you, I try deciphering the root cause of this whole issue, whether it is access or whether it is climate crisis. Uh, I would say, Mauro, it is our greed that has brought us to this situation. So uh, probably I, I, I would say that is everybody, this nature has provided 
everything for everyone's need not for everyone's greed so uh, while i'm an optimist uh, i'm a pragmatic person practical i can tell you that uh, there are a few areas where we need to work together uh, and 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 i i that that's one reason why i chose akshay patra because uh, uh, it works on providing fundamental basic access to uh, things like uh, good food or education to children so while i am an optimist i hope very sincerely that things will change and things are changing i would expect the pace of change to be faster uh, it can be much much better good um let so you said something that interests me a lot which is the issue of greed would you say that uh, from that our challenge ahead to uh, to keep the world to to keep making the world a better place maybe like you said in a faster pace um, would you say that greed is the main problem that we have to tackle what are the the challenges that you see ahead so what happens uh, many a times people are not aware that they are greedy they they just go by fulfilling their ambitions not really being bothered about what's happening around in the world uh, so so if you come to india you'll find maybe a skyscraper building under a slum just around that i sometimes i don't understand how this can be how can you have a large skyscraper and slums around it uh, we can definitely make a place much much better so if you ask the challenge uh, moro it is the divide between the haves and the have nots the the gap between the haves and have nots if you ask me while it is uh, a lot of initiatives are being taken it is not getting bridged properly so uh, i would say the onus is on the people who have wealth people who have uh, uh, all the necessities met and they have more to do they should come together and take few steps that are required to bring positive change in society while uh, there are certain steps being taken i don't think that is happening at a systemic level or in an integrated fashion so maybe there are philanthropy that is happening in different parts of the world but uh, it is not happening in a very very coordinated manner um uh, if if you look at third world countries if you look at countries that are developing like india uh, to some extent brazil or africa uh, what i would what i would see the challenge is ground level implementation there is there is no dearth of probably intent uh, but implementation at the ground level at scale uh, is a, is a challenge number one second could be challenge from from the perspective of uh basic infrastructure that is required to bridge this gap uh in the form of uh, basic education food uh roads electricity very fundamental needs that are required to bridge this gap i think these need to be addressed by the various governments uh and the philanthropists and people who have resources 
and planning needs to bring in an element of uh, how to make it work. Many a times it remains at policy level or ideation level. And I have always believed that strategy is execution. Uh, if you are right, you can plan a lot, but unless you execute it properly with scale, uh, you can't solve problems. So let's talk about two things. The first is this implementation at scale, okay? And the second I want to talk to you about is the philanthropy aspect, how it relates to business and uh, um, something also that you said before about the the compassion and and so greed and and compassion. But let's start with um, with the implementation at scale. Um, some years ago, I was uh, I I worked with uh, um, uh, educational tech startup, and I remember at the time like seeing a lot of projects in India. And I heard one founder saying that the interesting thing about India is that either you're either you are uh, solving a problem for a billion people or you're not solving the problem. So all the solutions that come out of India, they kind of already come out at scale because if they are not at scale, they are not solving um, uh, any problem. And I remember one literacy project that was so simple yet so powerful, which was to put uh, subtitles in the same language of the Bollywood movies. So like people would uh, um, listen to, to something in their own language and, and by, being, by seeing the subtitles, they would improve uh, their, their literacy, which is like a very powerful yet very simple um, idea and we do see all these problems of um, implementing um, things at scale can you so like with your experience that involves this ground level ground level uh, scaling up of something that requires it that is physical is not digital like food right and kitchen and food and dealing with school and dealing with people. So there's very little, if something digital about it. So uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on these challenges, on the challenges of this uh, uh, implementation? So like it's people, it's like infrastructure. So like it's building the building or it's getting people to work, like getting a hundred thousand people to work. Can you elaborate a bit more on, on the challenges of this ground level massive implementation? Yes, so if you look at Akshay Patra, let me take the example of Akshay Patra. The challenge for us uh, model is not growth. As you rightly pointed out, there are um, a lot of people at the bottom of the pyramid whom we can reach out to. For us, the challenge is sustainably growing. And when I'm talking of sustainably growing, I'm talking of financial sustainability. Uh, that's number one. The second challenge is, you know, we, we serve food to children. And Akshay Patra's uniqueness is, we do scratch cooking every day. It, it is not that there is some cold storage and uh, you are serving them cold sandwiches and uh, 
cold drinks, etc. Uh, we serve hot, nutritious food to children. So when you're dealing with children, these are, though these kids come from bottom of the pyramid, they're discerning. They would want to have tasty meal. They would like to, India people prefer hot meal. So how do you ensure a hot, nutritious, safety meal day after day to children in far-flung places? Uh, and while doing so, uh, ensure that the meal is tastier so the child looks at the meal and comes and eats the meal and comes to school. Because for us, uh, meal is an incentive for the child to come to school. So ensuring uh, that the meal is tastier, uh, the meal is consistent and adequate in quality, uh, is, a, is, a, is a second challenge. Third challenge is how do we deal with wastage? Because when you talk of cooked food, the chances of wastage are very high. So how do you bring in innovation and uh, ways to address uh, wastage is, is a third challenge. The fourth challenge is, you know, if you get five people at your home, First day, second day, third day, you know, it is very tiring having meal for them. Now, how do you ensure meal for 1.8 million children day after day after day for all the schooling days? In fact, that's where technology comes in. And uh, we have tried to do semi-automatic uh, ways of doing it. Now, the, 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 the challenge is, how do you ensure people who work in your facilities, people who drive our vehicles, have the same passion with which Akshay Patra was started and, uh, uh, and, and the, the passion with the founders created the organization continues till the last mile. So these are some of the challenges. Okay, I will allow me please to go one step further because uh, um, I, I think that the, the challenges are, are there. Right, so I'm going to like like the second level of, of why. So um, you just said that we have to try to make people that work in our cause to be as passionate uh, as we are. And how do you get that? What what are your strategies to uh, to to try to um, make people as passionate as you are. So let's, let me give another example. Uh, an example. You, at the top of your career in the corporate world, made uh, a career change that was much more than that. It was a, a change to um, to follow on your passion. You're, you also said that you always had fascination to for the basic needs or to try to solve the problem of the basic needs of human beings and and then you were so passionate that you made a huge uh, life change so what are the strategies uh, um, of your group to try to keep people passionate and and motivated so one thing we do uh, more in akshay patra is leadership should lead by example for example, if I say values are very important, Akshay Patra, I need to walk the talk. That's the first thing. Because the people who work with us, uh, the stakeholders, they are 
continuously observing what are you doing and your own example serves as a as a guiding force for them so leader needs to lead by example so that's the first thing second is continually communicating with them the larger picture as i mentioned to you we have over 6000 people so whenever i talk to my team members i tell them it is not don't think that you are working in finance or projects or quality or in cooking or in production or in design uh, you are actually solving a large problem with the country faces you are in the business of spreading happiness you are creating transformative impact so once the larger picture is seen by the team members they are motivated uh, that's the second thing third is which is in continuation with the second one uh, i always tell them when you feel low go and meet the beneficiaries whom you serve because these children whom we serve they bring tremendous positive energy and they are ever grateful to people who serve them so uh, connecting to the larger picture walking the talk and uh, not treating this as a mere job uh, and continually communicating with them building awareness uh, motivating them inspiring them is i think what i have tried to do and i i think these are fundamental things which uh, really helped me in my career uh, here in akshagram you said something amazing now that is when you're down go see the beneficiaries of your work right and when this is these are kids that got a meal i i think you got the, uh, you gave the answer that i was looking for so like actually yeah. go go seeing the beneficiaries of what you do it doesn't matter what is the problem that you're solve it's probably a a, a very good uh, motivational uh um uh, you know you know moro i though it's a podcast i want to show you a photograph i don't know whether you're able to see my mobile phone i was there day before yesterday in a remote park are you able to see this yes so oh, turn turn on the camera so we can see one second let me just see are you able to see this yeah Okay, send this picture to us. We are going to put on the. We are going to illustrate the the episode of the podcast with this picture. I will. I will forward you right away. So the why I showed you this picture is, I took my team. I've sent it to you. I cut took my image. team. Cut, cut the image again, Shri, please. Yes. Are you hear me now? Yes. So. So why I showed you this uh, picture, Moro, is my team. My team was charged. I took them to meet the beneficiaries. Uh, my team was charged, looking at them, and then you know it's like charging your car battery. And when, so when you are able to connect uh, your team to the larger picture, uh, they will do their jobs better. and they will be self driven because akshaypatra in akshaypatra we believe uh, moro we are not a command control organization we are initiative led organization uh, so we expect people to take initiatives make mistakes 
So I have seen that whenever people connect with a larger picture, they take initiatives and uh, uh, and, and and they are propelled towards the mission. I see. Um, so sure that the second point that I wanted to touch is the one on of business and philanthropy, but also on greed and passion. In my head, all these four things are connected in the question that I want to ask you. Um, so you want to solve a very basic problem of human beings, which is hunger. And as the, one of the challenges that you, you listed to us uh, is greed. But greed is also a basic uh, characteristic of human beings. Right? We cannot get rid of it. It's, going to, it's still going to stick around uh, uh, with us for a long time. Also, is compassion, which is something that you said in the beginning that, uh, um, you know, that it's something that you, you believe in, that we can be more compassionate. Um, so I was, while you're saying, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, do you, have you thought about uh, uh, greed as also a basic characteristic that has served us uh, like in any organism for a long time and, and, um, and how we can, uh, how greed and compassion can coexist. You see, uh, again, it depends on how do you direct your greed, right? Now, greed for, let's take learning, greed for uh, solving a problem, okay? Greed should not be at the cost of others' happiness. Uh, I, I would say so greed in one sense can be generic. Okay, greed is required uh, to move ahead in life, but greed should be again directed. See, for me, moral purpose in life is extremely important. Let me put it in a very simple analogy, then I'll uh, come back to this greed thing. So, so let's take somebody's uh, you're on a busy road, okay? Uh-huh. And you stop a person who's driving a two-wheeler and ask him, sir, where are you going? He says, I don't know. Then yeah. you stop a guy who is on the road, on a busy road, you stop a guy who's driving a BMW, the latest series. And you stop him, ask him, sir, where are you going? And he says, you see, Mauro, uh, when I drive, I don't bump into others. Uh, I don't uh, uh, trouble others. I follow the traffic light. But sir, where are you going? He says, I don't know. What can you call this guy? Okay. So, it's very important to, for a person to know where have you started where are you heading? For And if it's the right place where you're heading, nothing wrong in being greedy about it. Okay? 
but 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 greed cannot be at the cost of causing unhappiness discomfort agony misery to the fellow human beings with whom we interact okay otherwise we may land in a situation mauro uh, where you know each one of us is looking for happiness right now suppose i put a very very rich guy who has been greedy for wealth in an island and tell him you'll have 10 rolls royce cars five bmws a big yacht enough food to eat food whatever you want to eat is there but you will not have anyone to interact with that is what greed will do if it is negatively applied you will reach a situation with who, where you will be in an island where you don't and the guy after 10 days will go mad though he has the best of facilities there okay um okay so the question so of how that, you apply your greed see for example i am greedy to solve problems in the lives of children it's a noble greed so yes what, what what you're saying makes a lot of sense and i have thought about it not not exactly for greed although it applies like you're saying but to other things like pride or like uh arrogance you know like if yeah. they serve a purpose they yeah. they cannot you cannot be arrogant for the sake of arrogance so like if your arrogance serves a purpose then maybe it can there can be something like good arrogance or pride so those those things they have to uh, uh serve a, a higher purpose and then maybe they can be uh, a means uh, to an end and i think what you just said about greed um completely applies but uh we somehow we still have to count on um on people to um what it, we still have to count on people on have this consciousness about the collective and and to think of long term and to think about the collective rather than to think short term and about the individual right and this what i keep asking myself is um is there a way to incentivize this um purposeful greedness or uh, or simply favor a, a way to incentivize long term um accomplishments or the the behavior towards the collective rather than to stimulate the short term uh rewards and and individual gains uh in fact moro you brought out a very important point i would say this is where philanthropy can play a big role philanthropy yes. can play a role in in terms of incentivizing or enabling transformative impact 
Okay, and transformative impact takes longer time. It takes 15, 20, 30 years. Okay, so uh, I think philanthropy can play a very, very important role here in picking up these themes or uh, organizations and individuals who are purposeful, who are out to create, uh, how to solve a problem uh, in, in a manner which can create transformative impact. So I would say philanthropy is something which can uh, really, really help. And then let's go to the philanthropy business aspect of the the question. So, like you, you have a, a. Do you think it's really philanthropy? Can we? Do you think there is um, some business model hidden somewhere waiting for us to discover where business can do this long term? Uh, um, or this transform impact, you know, this transformational impact actions that you are um, suggesting philanthropy um, is the the can replace philanthropy in this. Ab ab absolutely, Mauro. Apart from philanthropy, if you look from a business angle, I would say great organizations focus on three things. Uh, people, planet, and then profits. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so if let's take, there is nothing wrong in being business savvy and uh, uh, being profit oriented, but the question comes while you are in the process of making profits, uh, how you deal with the environment, how you deal with the society in which uh, you are in, uh, how the society benefits from your business. Now, if these things are integrated in the business plan, uh, and I, I, I would say it's a responsible business. There's nothing wrong in making profits. Okay. But for example, if you're taking water uh, from a from, uh, uh, water source, is there a way you are bringing back water, uh, giving you know, giving it back to the earth from where you have taken? Okay, just to give a small example. Or if you are in uh, large scale farming, uh, are you doing a fair trade? Are you doing? Are you looking at the, uh, the the whole chain? So it depends on the business process which enables and. Uh, uh, helps the society in which uh, the business is thriving. So I think if as long as this is integrated, I, I would say business will be as good as philanthropy. But look, Sherida, I completely understand and agree with what you're saying, especially to the use of natural resources. Like we take the natural resources and not always we, um, um, we reward either the society or nature or it, like in the way of paying or, or, or some other way we don't pay we, we don't reward or we don't restitute anything to uh, to the natural resource that we consumed but the way you're the way you are putting it like included in the business plan it still depends on goodwill right? 
because yeah. there's no one charging for that water. Nature is going not going to, you know, like cut your supply if you don't pay your water bill when you are, I don't know, when you are a hydroelectric power plant and you are, you know, using uh, um, using the water. Or it's going to, but if you do impact the environment to the way to the point that you change the ecosystem. Still, this process is very, uh, um, most of the times, it's very slow. And the consequences of actions today may take a long time to, um, you know, to, to pay the bill and none of us um, can be there anymore. So what I keep wondering is like, how do we take goodwill out of the equation, at least when it comes uh, to to business, or or at least when it comes to uh, um, putting greed in to check balance, oh, to check to put greed on check, right? Because yes. it's it's a greed is a very very powerful and strong basic instinct, a very strong force. So it would take a lot of goodwill to put greed on check. So, and, and while I can see some people doing it, I'm not sure we can guarantee that everyone will. So um, I, I keep looking for <clears throat> what are the incentives to put greed on check and not to depend on goodwill and that's maybe my my um my problem with philanthropy is that it's a, a dependence on goodwill of someone else right and i would rather have incentives and not to depend on the goodwill that can change uh, um, from from a moment to another. So another way to look at it, tomorrow is to look at social enterprises, where you you have a business and you do a nominal profit, and since the numbers are more, you make a good volume out of it, good value out of it, and. In while doing this process, uh, you bring about change in the world. Okay, so this is what I would say: compassionate capitalism. So, capitalism, which is greedy in the in the wrong sense, uh, can ruin this world, and it has. Uh, whereas, if if we create businesses which are which are which have compassion at the core, apart from money, whatever you want to have. Uh, and there are many businesses in this world who have, uh, for example, in India, Tata's are compassionate capitalists. They are, they are known for, you know, uh, big, they do make profits, but how the profits are used uh, uh, tells a lot about compassionate capitalism. So uh, another way to look at it is if, 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 Apart from philanthropy, you want to look in, in changing the world and want to bring happiness. I would say uh, 
we need more compassionate capitalists in this world. Because if you bring in people who are only capitalists, who are greedy for just self-aggrandizement, you are going to ruin this world. Okay, you talked about um, business that have compassion in the core instead of greedy. And um, I think it's interesting because both things, both compassion and greed, can re reward our brain, right? Like with yeah. a, with a bio, as a biologist and with this uh, um, biology background, I keep looking at or, or I keep coming back to these very basic principles that are hardwired in our brain and that we cannot escape uh, our these instincts uh, that we have, these biochemical mechanisms that uh, regulate all our actions or are at the, the, the base of all our actions. And what gives me hope is that the same way that you feel uh, uh, pleasure when you have uh, when you act on your best in on your own selfish best interest, the, the, the same dopamine hit that you have when you act uh, selfish self selfishlessly, you can also have this dopamine hit when you act in an altruistic way. Right, and yeah. maybe what we have to do is to uh, um, show, like you said, uh, uh, leading by example, that uh, the the power of dopamine hits from altruism are as good as the or as good and as powerful as the dopamine hits from greed. Yeah. Great, Shridhar. Before I let you go, um, let me ask you three rapid-fire questions. The first one is, which book you are reading right now? So, Mauro, uh, I have taken uh, some serious interest in the science of soul. I know you are a biologist. You may have a difference of opinion with me. Uh, so, I, I'm, I'm reading a book called The Science of Self-Realization which is to do with the science of soul. Um, uh, so it's very, very interesting because, you know, the world, what, what, what we see uh, and the, the concept of soul, uh, if, if one understands the... So let, let me give a small analogy. You know, the property of sugar is to be sweet. Property of water is to quench thirst, right? Similarly, what I learned in this book is the intrinsic property of the soul is to serve. Either you're serving yourself, you're serving your family, serving your country, serving your dog. Okay, so service cannot be separated out from the soul. That is the person who you are. Second, what I learned was, uh, you know, when I say this is my hand, this is my shirt. This is my leg. Who's this me in it? Okay. So I was very curious to know who's me in my hand, my shirt, my specs. So it's pretty interesting. I'm on a journey on this front. Yeah. Cool. 
The second question is, do you take long or short lunch breaks? I take long lunch breaks, uh, Paolo. Uh, one, I, I use them to talk to my family. I, I use them to talk to my colleagues because I believe uh, though in, we are living in virtual world, conversations uh, and you know, interesting topics the way we just discussed, uh, they really, really fuel your uh, uh, you know, purpose and your uh, ability to reach your purpose. Yes, you know, like this question started as a way of, um, again, trying to characterize how people um, behave and, and how they prioritize things um, on their, during their day. But I was so, so surprised on how almost everyone take uh, short lunch breaks and don't give a lot of importance uh, uh, to eat. And like you are the second person only to say that you take um, long lunch breaks. And yeah, I, I will further think and elaborate on that because I think there's something um, more to be said about the importance of the long lunch breaks. Third, final question, Shredder, is Bitcoin, are you a believer or a non-believer? I'm an agnostic about Bitcoins. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So you don't own. So you don't. You don't own any. I I uh, I, I, I don't Bitcoin own any Bitcoins. Uh, uh, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed tomorrow. Uh, I would say I'm an agnostic on the, especially when it comes to. I don't know whether this will work. This will not work. Or probably I would say it's too early to comment. Okay, that's a fair fair answer, Shridhar. So um, thank you. So, uh, is there a way on? The, is there somewhere on the internet where you would like uh, people to go interact with you or know more about what you are doing and your very noble mission of, you know, doing something that we should have done. We as mankind should have, as humanity should have done at least a long time ago, which is to end hunger. So you can find more details about me and my organizations uh, at www.akshaypatra.org. I'm not so much on social media, so uh, uh, anyone can interact with me through our website. And of course, they can write to me directly as well. Thank you so much, Sridhar. We have to do this again some other time soon. Thank you, Mauro. Such a pleasure speaking to you, my dear friend. Thank you.